Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Tonight, I promise you, it's Saturday night. We're going to talk about, although it says it was based off of a true story, it really wasn't. Why are we going to talk about this film? Because Fargo truly fit. It truly fit. In 1996, it takes place in the 1980s, supposedly, because remember, it says it's based on a true story, but it really isn't. The Coen brothers just put it in there. Two two directors, okay? The Coen brothers. Not just one, but two. Sometimes one would produce, the other one would direct. You know, it's kind of like taking turns, you know, doing whatever it is they do. Filmmakers. It's important because in 1996, that was the year grown of the English patient. Okay? I know. And as Elaine so famously said on Seinfeld, it sucked. And it did. I had to watch the English patient twice to tell you that it sucked. I watched it in 2015. I'd seen portions of it in the 90s. It's, I remember my mother watching it the week that it was up for the, all those Oscars and then it won. Now, Fargo was also up for a lot of Oscars. Fargo, in fact, won for screenplay and for Best Actress, Frances McDormand as Marge Gunderson. Oh, yeah. Oh, what about the big one? What about the little one? Or is my, fa- my favorite line from Fargo? Okay? Those of you who have never seen it, go watch it. Because we're going to talk about Fargo. But I love it where she's like, So that was your accomplice... Or that was Mrs. Lundergaard on the floor in there. And your accomplice in the wood chipper. And it's three people in Brainerd. And for what? For a little bit of money. You know, there's more to life than money. Don't you know that? And here you are. And it's a beautiful day. I just don't understand. And then the music plays. You know, I had talked about film scores on Thursday. The film score for Fargo is legendary and so badass that when Frances McDormand won that Oscar and Nick Cage had worked with her in Raising Arizona, that's how far back they go, um, that... When he said, and the winner is Francis McDormand and Fargo, the, the Fargo theme started to play. That is truly a badass moment. And I get chills when I hear the Fargo theme. When you watch the beginning and the end of it and you hear that theme and it's full uh, enormity. It's amazing. That Fargo has everything in it, you know? When they play it on TV, yes, they bleep certain things out. Mr. Lundegaard, you know, all that other stuff. The Oh, the tan cutlass Sierra. That, right. And then the way they talk. Okay? This is in Minnesota. All right? The way they talk. You know, um... You see anything down there, Margie? Oh, no, I just think I'm out of arf. It's just the morning fix sickness. It'll pass. Oh, look, there I go. I'm hungry again. Oh, yeah. You know, I was just here to talk to you about the tan cutlass Sierra. You know, you need, you have no reason to get snippy with me, Mr. Lundergaard. Yeah. 
Oh, you're darn tootin'. I'm cooperating here. William H. Macy, before Shameless. Okay, there are so many comedic aspects in Fargo. That's that's the beauty of the Coen brothers. It's serious, but then there's moments like that, those accents, when she's talking to the two girls, uh, I think they're prostitutes, about... Um, Steve Buscemi's character and his accomplice, okay? I mean, this movie, you know, yeah, there's a lot of crime, there's a lot of deception, but at the heart of it is Frances McDormand's character. That's why I couldn't really get into the TV show. I'm sure it's a good show, but for me, the movie is all about Marge Gunderson, okay? She's this pregnant cop. She's, she, you would think she'd give birth to the baby after all that stuff. After seeing what she saw, the wood chipper, uh, having to, you know, do that really close. I mean, she's a good marksmanist. Um, but to do that shot, you'd think she'd go into labor right there. No, no, no. And don't think that that's a sexist thing. What I'm saying is you got to understand she's a police officer. And that can put strenuous activity on someone carrying a baby. And here she is, you know, it's it's like something out of a Jimmy Stewart movie. In fact, that's what they compared her character to in Fargo. She doesn't really curse a lot in Fargo. And yes, there is that moment where she runs into her old um, friend from school and he wants to have a fling. And she's like, I'm pregnant and happily married. And then the hair, too. Frances McDormand has said that people get her off the street to try to get her to do the Marge Gunderson accent. And she can't do it unless she has the wig on. That makes sense. Okay? You know, and when... Frances McDormand won that Oscar. She didn't just say, oh, thank you for this. Thank you for giving it to me. No, 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 no. She acknowledged that she is part of a collective within the Cohen brothers. She says, thank you for acknowledging our work. You know, she says, Joel and Ethan Cohen, you know, um, one of the Cohen brothers, she thanked him for making a woman, a woman of her because they have, a, you know, they're married and they have a, a child together. And then, you know, the other one made an actor out of her. Because, you know, they were in Blood Simple. I mean, come on. That, that's how far that relationship goes. All the way to all the films that they've done. I didn't particularly enjoy her in two billboards or three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. I've talked about that. When I first started doing the podcast, that movie won a bunch of Oscars. And I was like, no. But I like... In terms of an actor, she's a really good actor. She's, I think, going to do Macbeth with Denzel Washington with the Coen brothers. So it remains to be seen, you know. But there, there is just such a beauty about Fargo. First of all, you know, they had to have snow in Fargo. Well, that was the hottest um, year in recorded history in 1995 when they were filming it. So they had to bring in snow. I don't think they could digitally put snow. This is this is a year before Titanic even came out. They could have just borrowed some of that iceberg right there and just chipped away at it, but they didn't, you know. Um, oh, and then the other thing is the guy from Zodiac, the supposed Zodiac killer, the actor, he is also in Fargo. He plays um, Marge's husband and brings her crawlers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I love I love that character. You know, there's so many subtleties to her character. So you were having sex with the little one. Yeah. Can you be any more specific? He wasn't circumcised. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are moments like that when watching Fargo. For me, though, it's when she finally, she, you know, she's cracked that case wide open. Now, remember, some people think this is a true story, and it says that at the beginning of the film, and then you start to realize this is not a true story. Now, fight with me on that. It is a true story, damn it. It is not, okay? That was just there to fool you, okay? There's that moment where she's like, Tan Tan Cutlass Sierra, my car, my car, and she spots it, and then... There is the wood chipper. Now, you know that's not Kool-Aid, okay? That wood chipper, I mean, come on. I'm going to leave it right there. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to tell you about what leads to all of this within Fargo, okay? Steve Buscemi's character getting shot in the face. He gets shot in the face at some point. You would think he'd go to the dentist, get that stuff taken out. Nope, nope. You know, I mean, he just goes apeshit. He truly does. <laughs> um, what's funny is that I think when it came to the editing, the Coen brothers created a pseudonym because they, they did get nominated under that pseudonym. You know, so it's so funny. It's like when Michelle Gondry won the Oscar for a screenplay and they created Charlie Kaufman, which really isn't. It doesn't exist. It's a pseudonym. So the Coen brothers did the same thing. So if you think Fargo is based off of a true story, pseudonym. All right. I Francis McDormand. So here's what happens. 1996. We go into the Oscars. 1997. A lot of a lot of English patient. You had poor Lauren Bacall who didn't win the Oscar. She lost it to the the English patient is like that bulldozer. You just can't stop. You have to run, run, run before it takes everything in its path. That was truly the English patient, and it was not a good thing. Okay, but then, thankfully, it didn't win Best Actor for you know Rafe Fine. And then. Kristen Scott Thomas, who was nominated. No, that went to Francis McDormand for Fargo. So Kristen Scott Thomas got all dolled up, you know, was not favored to win, or was she? I don't know. I don't remember. It was 1997. And here comes Francis McDormand, and she wants very, you know, simple look, you know, and that's great. Now we have all of these precursors to who's going to win the Oscar. And usually it's the Golden Globes, the, you know, the screen actors. Back then you didn't have that. You know, um, you're darn tootin'. Oh, yeah. Don't you know? Yeah. I love Fargo. I love that effort. First of all, we're moving to into a colder month. I know it's gonna snow somewhere out there. It's not snowing in California right now. We could really use the snow and the rain. I know. Hey. So when I watch Fargo, I watch it really to cool off. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. I wish I had that snow right now. 
In fact, I was watching the episodic version of uh, Hateful Eight, and I thought, damn, those lucky bastards have snow. And what do we have? 90-degree heat and bad air. California. Um, the Coen Brothers. So the Coen Brothers were nominated that year, that crazy year of The English Patient. The English Patient won, you know, director, film, eh. Fargo won a couple, you know, but I think we remember Fargo, you know, what else was nominated that year? Mmm, Primal Fear. Evita wasn't, thankfully, you know. I love how people get all upset that Madonna didn't get nominated, first of all, because she was singing in Evita, you know, and that's what she's good at, singing. Um, acting, not so much. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend of this podcast. She love I love her to death. But like, if you just if you talk smack on Madonna, she gets upset. And it's like, I've been a fan of Madonna since I was a little kid, and I can talk smack on her because this is not the Madonna. This is a shell of herself, and that's that's what I see. I'm not I'm not happy. I'm not happy. You just need to bow out, just like in Fargo. You know, here's the thing with Madonna. You think she wants to get tossed into that wood chipper? No, no. You know. Hey, so you know Madonna aside, and she's and she's from you know the Great Lakes, uh, but here's the fire girl. Tell us, yeah, don't you know? It's cold over there. The film is legendary. It's crazy, but when that when that score hits you, the movie opens and there's that snow. You don't want it to melt. You don't. And what takes place, what transpires in the movie Fargo, it's film noir. It truly is. Or is it neo-noir? I don't know. And you have these accents. You have this landscape. And you have Francis McDormand as the pregnant cop. You know, just think if she had given birth to twins. Yeah, that would have made it all extraordinary. But she doesn't give birth at the end of the movie. I'll, I'll let you know right there. What happens at the end of the movie? You have to watch Fargo. It's legendary. It's the Coen Brothers. The Coen Brothers, you got to think about this. The Coen Brothers don't do what everyone else does. Okay? They're not Michael Bay. I want to give a shout out to Shit Happens When You Party Naked. Um... They were talking about movies. I'm going to watch To Live and Die in L.A. Most definitely tonight, hopefully. Um, every time he talked about Michael Bay, I rolled my eyes. I know you couldn't see it because it's a podcast, you know. Um, but the Coen brothers, I mean, if anything, if you want to have a three-way, you have a three-way with the Coen brothers, not Michael Bay. Because you don't want your shit blowing up, okay? The Coen brothers are going to wax it nicely. You're going to get an Oscar out of it. I mean, come on. And maybe a baby, too. So, as always, unpleasant dreams. And you know what? I guess that's Saturday night in the wood chipper. And for what? For a little podcast, you know, there's more to life than a podcast. Don't you know that?